Dog Sports, but we came here to win. The most legit podcast, that's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news, we underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process, yes you, because we got Chris and Anju to bless you. With the best features, best stories, we diving deep like a Lambo leap. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring, we on point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the talk path. In the cold, get a gold brand. Sit back and race the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog. Chris Horbordale joined by Anshu Kana. Anshu. Chris. How are you? I'm, you know, above average relative to my normal self. How are you? Above average is is a win. I am, you know, I am average. Everything is average in my, uh, my, my last month. Well, the last couple of weeks of my month here. So, average. I'm average. And I, things have been worse. <laughs> there you go about well by definition it's been exactly as worse as it's been better right if you're it's, it's important for the listeners to know that i've never really cared for you <laughs> no. uh yeah no you're you're absolutely right it is uh it is what it is i suppose a lot going on in sports though We've got the return of real college football. We've got a lot of news from the NFL. We've got some unfortunate news from the NBA. Uh, and yeah, baseball is also going on, I'm told. I've got BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me, and we are going to hit on a lot of interesting things today. Oh, I suppose this is a real where-to-start situation. Let's, uh, let's talk NFL cuts. How, were you surprised at all by any of the moves your beloved Green Bay Packers made? Um, not really. Um, you know, they, they cut Equinemia St. Brown, but he's back on their practice squad. I mm-hmm. mean, it was a pretty straightforward, um, you know, cutting day for them, essentially. They, they trade for Corey Bjorquez, I believe. He of oh, yeah. uh, Bill's fame in the punting world and, um, yeah, I mean, mostly it's, it was basically what you'd expect. I mean, there weren't a lot, there was, I will say there was one link between our two teams with, uh, local Philly r- reporter, Elliot Shore Park saying that oh, the God. Packers were interested in Zach Ertz or are at least at the time. But then today get the, the comment that Zach Ertz wants to retire in Philly and wants mm. to, you know, extend, or I don't know if he'll retire. I, I have no idea, but, um, that's out there. Uh, and so yeah, we'll we'll see if that anything with that materializes. If they're looking for another tight end or another weapon out there, but generally they've got a good looking team. I guess like the big surprise is that they'll they'll be putting David Bakhtiari on the pup list, which makes some sense. He tore his ACL in I believe week sixteen last year, seventeen, and so you know he's about eight months through. He was he's already moving really well, but you know they they just signed him to a long term deal, and so um, trying to protect that investment. But yeah, not not like a super mover and shaker type day for the Packers <laughs> on 53-man cut-down day. Worth pointing out that around here, at least around Philadelphia, Elliott Shore Parks is considered pretty much the worst of the Eagles guys. Okay. Uh, not someone who is super well-respected by the fans, but, uh, you know. In Philadelphia, maybe that means it's a, like, it's a positive thing. I'm honestly not <laughs> sure at this point. Um yeah, so the uh, the, the, the Elton Elton whatever his name is is Jenkins. moving. Elton Jenkins is moving over to take Bakhtiari's place. That's right. 
That's right. Yeah. And they're, they're very excited about, you know, the versatility that he brings. I think they feel like they can, you know, they can basically bridge the gap to Bakhtiari while he's out for the first probably seven weeks, eight weeks of the season and, you know, have him there for the home stretch. So it's a, it's very fortunate that they've got him, I think, to move over there. Um, but yeah, that's so that it opens up a guard spot. It looks like John Runyon Jr. is likely to play one of those. This is some hot, hot gossip here, guys. Get that interior Packers, backup Packers, offensive line talk. But, hey, uh, yeah. I mean, it's time for fantasy drafts. It's true, and I, I think um, you know, if you if you're into that, it's they're a very good run blocking team with or without Bakhtiari. So um, I think that like most teams, if they lose, you know, a top three left tackle in the game would be in really dire straits. But for the Packers, they they fortunately have someone that can step in and be you know above average at least, if not pretty good so I, I wouldn't change your ranks too much by the way if anybody is playing in a fantasy league where you're drafting offensive guards let me know because <laughs> i need to hear more about this yes what's your metric is it pancakes is it uh, pff grades what are, what's your, your move? yeah the, uh, i don't know but runyon jr is going to be a high pick in those offensive guard drafts man <laughs> i'm I, not I, even sure if it'll be him but you know he's my favorite of them yeah, I've always liked Runyon Jr. and I wanted him out of college. I mean, part of that is just the the legacy aspect of having uh, having him play on the same team where John Runyon played. But I always thought he was an interesting player, and I'm I'm glad that he has worked out. But because by all accounts, good guy, hard worker, just uh, puts his nose down and plays the game. Yes, well said. That I think describes like half at least of the interior linemen in the league. But no, he's. He's good. He's he's uh, a really good athlete too, and uh, you know, as the Packers have done in, in throughout their the last you know I don't know nine years, ten years, it's been that they focus on versatile athletes up front, which you guys ha- have now at uh, left tackle with Jordan Mailata, right? He's going to end up being the left tackle for the Eagles, despite uh, a limited history as a position. Yeah, this is this is a fortunate situation, much like last year. When it took an injury to the absolutely awful Nate Geary to bring Alex Singleton into the lineup, this is I think I think the team would have been inclined to go with Andre Dillard had he stayed healthy through all of camp. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, that wasn't the case, and I think everyone who pays any real attention to the team sees the massive upside uh, that that Maialata possesses. Baldinger, uh, Brian Baldinger has been a giant fan this whole time. Ross Tucker is a giant fan. Basically, anybody who understands offensive line play has been shouting from the rooftops, this guy is a potential really good player in the NFL. Uh, it's amazing because he had never played professional football of any kind three years ago and was basically asked what position he wants to play. Um that was a fun story I saw today. I've always thought he would have been a fascinating defensive tackle as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, no. He, hey, he, left tackle's a good one to pick. Oh, no, sure. and I mean, it, to to luck out with a guy like Maialata when you sort of struck out with, uh, with Dillard in the draft after you moved up to get him a couple of years ago is a nice thing. I think they, I think they really wanted to trade Dillard uh, before the cuts were made, but it seems like the right offer never materialized. We're yeah. lucky enough to deal Matt Pryor away, and in, in one of those classic, I'll trade you a player and uh, a pick, and you give me a pick in the one round lower deals. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. trade, they traded uh, Pryor in a seven to get a six from the Colts. I don't know if this is 4D chess to either protect or punish Carson Wentz by having Matt Pryor <laughs> there, but it's it's a move for sure. I, I, I was I was happy enough with with what happened in Philadelphia. I think uh, I think the biggest surprise Gardner was that. Well, the Gardner Minshew thing was spectacular. There is absolutely no downside to giving up a sixth-round pick that can turn into a five if uh, if certain conditions are met for a guy like Minshew. Minshew, look, the world got a little carried away into almost Jeremy Lin levels with Gardner Minshew, but <laughs> he what he is is. I would say a very fringy starting quarterback in the NFL and an excellent backup when you're getting that for $875,000 this year. Amazing deal for a sixth round pick. Yeah, especially for a team that's got, you know, in real life, probably like, you know, a fringe top 20 quarterback. And then you add like a top 40 quarterback to maybe not compete with him, but, you know, continue to push him and, you know, be a, be a potential salve if he's hurt. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think that no brainer move for, for the Eagles there. And I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. There's upside there too. I really do think that I, I don't know that like, you know, he's ever going to be a great quarterback by any means or even a starter, but he is among the 10 for sure best backups that you could possibly hope to have. Oh. And yeah, I mean, just like, Again, within the scope of the team that they have, it's it's just really perfect. I, it is surprising to me that Jacksonville didn't just hang on to him. To me, this is like an optics or like a locker room situation similar to Cam Newton getting cut. Yeah. In that, like, oh, did Cam Newton get cut? <laughs> yeah, I barely heard about it. It's, <sighs> but it's like one of those, you know, like it's he's not quite the alpha Cam is, but having been in Jacksonville, having been the start of the last few years, it makes total sense to be like, all right, this is going to be Lawrence's team for the next decade plus, and let's just wipe our hands of this and give him a chance to be in a situation where you know he can, he can you know maybe change the course of his career, you know where he he definitely wouldn't have that opportunity in Jacksonville. Minshew, look, he he played nine games last year, started eight, was one and seven in the games that he started, but that's a function of how bad that Jacksonville team was. Just personally, complete 66% of his passes, 16 touchdowns to five interceptions, one of the lowest interception ratios uh, in terms of NFL starters in quite some time, doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't cause problems, good locker room guy. I'm I'm ecstatic with this as a yeah. backup quarterback. You, you take two cheap years of Gardner Minshew as a backup, and then either he stays on a reasonable deal or you get a comp pick. Yeah. I mean, and he'll he'll be in the league for a while. Like he's just for one sure. of those guys. He's not gonna he's not gonna just fall out of favor in the league. Like you said, just a great dude. And um, yeah, I mean, by all accounts, that is. And I mean, yeah, I, I just I think that that's it's it's a no almost no risk high you know medium reward type play. It's like the type of move that good organizations make. Yeah, I saw that uh, Chase Daniel has has uh, made $38 million in his career to play in like 69 games. I think he started five of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, there's absolutely no reason that Minshew, who is a better player than Daniel, can't have a similar career and stick around that long. Well, being, oh. a back, being a backup, it's literally just like, are you a good teammate 
do you cause problems? Yeah, if, or if, your or your upside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would argue the upside for the number two quarterback doesn't really matter as much as like capability right now, character, and and just work ethic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there are reasons why players get taken the third and the fifth rounds. You know, some of them are raw upside types. And then, yeah, I mean, ideally, if what you just said is like, that's what you want. You don't want like the guy in waiting generally to be your backup. Like you want him to be playing ideally. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I I hear what you're saying totally. And, you know, beyond that, it's just like I could totally have him see him having like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of career, too, where he learns, you know, he, he got thrown to the fire right away, actually had some pretty good success. I mean, you talked about last year's numbers, but even before that, he was more than passable. And I just, I think that he's, he's a super quality backup. Like he's, he's as much as, as what you'd want in terms of like, yeah, I, there are, you couldn't name me 10 guys I'd rather have as a backup quarterback right now. I don't even think the list is that high. I think, I think it's probably, you can probably count those guys on one hand, not counting, you know, higher draft picks who are waiting for an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but yeah, not counting those guys. I agree. Uh, we we mentioned the Cam Newton thing earlier. I'll tell you what. I think I think you and I talked about this when we were looking at those offensive rookie of the year odds at Bavada mm-hmm. last week. Yep. Man, oh man, do I uh, do I wish that I had jumped on the Mac Jones bandwagon yeah. as I brought up in the show. <laughs> I think it was like seven fifty or plus seven fifty or plus eight hundred. It was at, plus ten. Was it, pl- it was plus a thousand? Yeah. Plus a thousand at Bavada yeah. last week. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's named the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots after just an incredible preseason. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity missed for sure. Yeah, and that's where, like, you know, it's worth taking those shots because now I would guess he's if he's not number two, he's number one. You know, like I can still see Lawrence being ahead of him, but for sure. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's an argument to be made that they should be even because Lawrence, like, the chances of Trevor Lawrence making the playoffs are slim to none and mm-hmm. you know and mac jones is going to be expected really to maybe not expected but it's like a 50 50 shot and if a rookie quarterback's in the playoffs they're going to get votes like it's just going to happen and he just you know I, I don't know how great he was when i watched them he just looked like totally comfortable mm-hmm. and that's just a rarity you know like we joked the last two weeks now about justin Fields saying the game was really slow for him like the game legitimately looked not slow for Matt Jones, but just like he fit right in. I mean, he looked just like Jimmy Garoppolo or, or Tom Brady back there for them. And that's, that's about as good. I'm not, not Tom no, Brady understood, in terms understood. of like, you know, just like, yeah, just the comfort level, not like the frenetic feet and anything like that. Like he's just, he's a dude that's been through the fire for sure. And he earned his way over some really, you know, Alabama has great, great, great recruits. And Matt Jones was not one of them. No. And, for him to climb the ranks and get there, I mean, it does speak to his ability, you know. And I mean, I again, we 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 don't have to beat this like a horse, but it's like it's one of those things where, you know, we you can both not think he has a ceiling of the Fields's and Lances and Lawrence's, but or, or Wilson's, but still think that he's like totally capable in the right scenario of being a very good player, and that's exactly what's happened here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's set up for success now for sure. For me, his ceiling is Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan won an MVP. 
yeah, absolutely. Like that's that's perfectly said. Uh, that's the comp, the high ceiling comp, especially when it came out that the Niners were, you know, comfortable with taking him at number three, wh- whatever that was, whether it was a smoke screen or the truth doesn't really matter now. But mm. you know that that is especially because Kyle Shanahan had coached, of course, Matt Ryan. Like it makes sense that that would be the the ceiling, and that's a damn good ceiling because had Matt Ryan been with you know. With Belichick and McDaniel's his whole career, who knows? Or or Kyle Shannon his whole career, who knows? Like by the way, that I know you say it doesn't matter at this point, but I think at 100%, it does matter to the 49ers. It's going to be incredibly interesting to watch these guys over you know the beginnings of their career and see who the better player is because the Niners swung for the fences with Trey Lance rather than going with the the more safe pick with the potentially lower ceiling, but much higher floor. Yeah. I mean, very good call by you. You're right. It, it doesn't matter to, it doesn't matter relative to what I was talking about, but it absolutely matters for them and, and for the bears too, right? They traded up mm-hmm. to get Justin Fields. And I mean, it's going to be another referendum on the Ryan Pace era for the Chicago. If, you know, if, if Mac Jones, who they could have just had without trading up ends up being better than Fields because, you know, that same, yeah, that same conversation is going to be happening as they had with, should we have taken Trubisky over, you know, the Mahomeses and Watsons and those guys? Yeah, I think we can comfortably say no at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Although Mitch came back and just torched them in the preseason, which I Mm. thought was just so awesome. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not too concerned about preseason play yeah. uh, but yeah. i watched uh, i watched case keenum put a hell of a preseason together and i don't think that's going to translate well i i think it's just just to finish the point about mac jones landing in the perfect spot like had trubisky been in a different place his career might have had a different trajectory like i sure. really do believe that i mean it, like i wouldn't even say it's 50 50 player talent and landing spot i mean there's some people where it doesn't matter we talk about this all the time but there are a lot of people who it, it absolutely matters. I mean, I always go back to Marcus Mariota because I think that he is one of the best, you know, just the, one of the best people at quarterback that has been out there and really had all the time, dynamic talent to be a really, really good quarterback in this league, not unlike Trey Lance. But because he goes to Tennessee and there is this run first offense and, you know, all this other stuff happens to him, like had he landed somewhere else, it might have been a different situation for him. And I, I mean, and I think that the same can be said for Trey Lance, except for I expect the Niners to exploit that that super high ceiling. It's just like had he gone to the Bears, you know, or some other team that I think is less situated to put a player in a good spot, like it it would have been a different story. And I think the same thing about Mitch probably in some way. Although his I just never like I don't think anybody really thought either his ceiling or floor deserved that that pick that he went. Well, I mean so so right now the uh the the Marvel show that's being put out is the this what if show this animated sort of alternate reality show, and there's a very interesting what if for Trubisky. Like if he goes next, if he's a 49er and gets to play with Shanahan or people like that, yeah, what is he now? It's a great question because he would have probably been sitting behind. I think Alex or Kaepernick was probably there at that point, right? So well, I think Kaepernick you know. would have just no this. This must have been, was this Garoppolo year one? Yes, because Garoppolo played the yeah. Browns out. The Garoppolo played the 49ers out of Miles Garrett. Oh, 
he yeah, won the he got go. those five wins at the end of the season. So okay, so you have Garrett Trubisky, and then the Niners traded down against was it Solomon Thomas? Or? So I guess it, it would make absolutely no sense for them to go and pick Trubisky with uh, what they believe to be a franchise-altering quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo at that point. But still, but say right, say they don't make the trade for Garoppolo, right, and they're whatever that they don't go six and zero down that stretch. Yeah. And, they pick you know, two. They pick two. They well, pick they did pitch. originally pick two. Right. They trade. They just flop the picks, which is another hilarious outcome of that. Yeah. They traded up for a guy they didn't have to trade up for. Anyways, the so they, you know, say they end up with Trubisky. Yeah, it's. I think it is a completely different story. And I think that has to inform the whole discussion. That I guarantee you that was part of what Shanahan was thinking was like, I believe in myself. I think I can get the most out of all these guys. Who's got the highest ceiling? Who will also potentially help bridge to that ceiling? And Lance checked all those boxes. Yeah, but the, the NFL draft is such a funny thing. I'm looking at this 2017 draft. You know, Garrett goes one, and then Mitch Trubisky. Solomon Thomas goes three. Good player, not not a superstar. Then you have Leonard Fournette and Corey Davis, both, you know, let's let's say misses to this point relative to draft position. Yeah, then, not then, bust, but not like... Not yeah. stars. We, and Fournette was supposed to be that next superstar running back in the NFL. Then Jamal Adams goes six, maybe the best safety in football. The, the Chargers whiff on Mike Williams. We never draft a receiver named Mike Williams. Uh, I mean, he's still there, though. He's, yeah, he's had he's, a similar career to Corey Davis. He, I think he's had a better career than Corey Davis. Yeah, but, yeah. But he's never he's never had that giant breakout season. Yep. He's he keeps he's stuck in that like forty five to fifty catch uh, range yeah. every single year. Although I think twenty nineteen it was a uh, a giant a giant yards per carry uh, yards per catch. Yeah, yeah. looking at, he caught forty nine balls for a thousand yards. Wow. And, yeah. and and somehow only two touchdowns, which. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you I average know. 20 a catch and only get two. You would get like five touchdowns by accident. Big, huge, huge target like Mike Williams. Next pick, the the Panthers take McCaffrey, get a superstar. The Bengals then whiff on John Ross. And after that... And Jerry's out. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. I think, I think that verdict's come in. And uh, after that, you know, Pat Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, and Deshaun Watson. Jury's out on them too. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> poor choice of words there. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I. Jeez. Um, no. I. I. Yeah. That's. I guess. Yeah. The Bears didn't. weren't the only ones that. Uh, if, if the point is like, hey, it's a weird draft though, because like there's really one like huge whiff in there. I guess you could count Mitch as like a second one, and then the rest are just kind of like, yeah, they're all right, and then you know, then you get Mahomes. Then and then, and Watson, I've, I mean, Watson trouble, all the trouble that he uh, may be in right now. It's guys a top five quarterback in the NFL for sure, and that's where like okay, so those are guys Mahomes. We, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but like you know, if he goes somewhere else, is he the player he is today? I mean, I I would say almost unquestionably no. Like, uh, it, very dependent upon where that somewhere else is. It definitely benefits. From playing with uh, playing with Andy Reid, but you know there are other offenses. Green Bay is one of them, though he may have never been given the opportunity. The Saints are another one. There are other teams where he would have succeeded. I, it's just I don't I don't know that it's going to be every team for sure. Yeah, no, 
That's that's right. I mean, let's just say, like, you switch him and Deshaun uh, Watson. You know, well, yeah, that's yeah. That's that's, that's I, the interesting one to me. I think Watson. It proves how great he is that he has been this good, independent of where. And I'm not saying what Mahomes would have been like on the bench somewhere or anything, or been like Trubisky. But if you switch Mahomes and Trubisky, like, you know. Is it the same? Is it? Do they both have the same kind of career? First of all, I think Mitch ends up much better, and I think Mahomes ends up good, not you know, transcendently great. Mm-hmm. That's probably fair. So, um, it matters. The stuff matters, and that's I guess just to bring it totally full circle. Matters that Matt Jones ended up where he is, and I think that's where like the rookie of the year votes come in, and you know Lawrence, we all expect him to be successful in spite of where he ended up yeah well <laughs> absolutely although i do uh i do appreciate urban meyer coming out before heavily backtracking on all of the statements oh and and saying hey, yeah vaccination status mattered when we were making cuts and then he's like oh no we didn't cut anybody because they were unvaccinated <laughs> if anything we were looking for that <laughs> yeah. he is like it is going to be a massive adjustment you know, yeah, his like, one his one year in the NFL. His one, yeah, exactly. But like, just going from a total dictator everywhere he was to you know not having control. Of it. And we've heard the same thing about Nick Saban when he was at the NFL level. I mean, it's so similar in that like I, this stuff. Like, he could get away with murder at Ohio State. And I mean, he got away with a lot. He, I mean, yeah, he got suspended, but nothing really came of it. Right. Exactly. So it's I don't know one of those like. I, yeah, it's it. He's gonna struggle with stuff like this, and I really don't know how long he is. One year. So Jones vaults all the way up to the uh, the number two guy at Bavada for offensive rookie of the year, plus wow. four fifty right now, behind wow. only Lawrence at plus three fifty. These other starting quarterbacks. I mean, do we think anybody else is? Lance obviously isn't starting. Fields isn't starting. Do we know what, if Zach Wilson's starting? Yeah, he is. Okay, so Zach Wilson's starting. So, I mean, that it's interesting that he is fifth on this list behind two guys who aren't starting, at least at the beginning of the season. I guess there's a Jets Fields, factor so that comes into play here. Yeah, for sure. But I, that's, that's man, I really disagree with that. I, I think Wilson should clearly be number three at this point. And Agreed. If you knew that Lance was starting week one, then I think you could say that he and Mac Jones should probably be neck and neck. But it seems like the idea is going to be that Lance might be ticketed for like a Taysom Hill type of role to start and then ultimately take over as the the full-time guy. But it does look like Kyle's going to have some packages for him and then then we'll see from there. But yeah, that's, I I just, I don't get it. Because Wilson's got like, he's got pieces around him. He's Mm -hmm. got the offense that, you know, again, the first year is tough with this this Lafleur offense, but you know, Mike Lafleur is their offensive coordinator, and you know he's gonna he's gonna have learned stuff from his brother, and you know, and from everyone else in that tree to help expedite that, you know, to expedite the ability to get good right away, as opposed to like taking that extra year to ramp up. And so I think that I think Zach Wilson is a, a really solid bet there. Well, you know I'm a big Zach Wilson fan. I I was on record prior to the draft saying I thought the gap between Wilson and Lawrence was smaller than the gap between Wilson and the next guy at number three. I th- I think the world of the talent that guy has. I mean, 
There are reasons he was getting Patrick Mahomes comps, however unfair they may have been. There are very few human beings on the planet that have the sort of arm talent that Zach Wilson has. Yeah, no, I I definitely could see that. I mean, his his arm talent's out of out of this world. Part of it is like where he ended up, who ended up being his coordinator, what yeah. you know, what pieces he had around him. But now, I yeah, it's it's just hard. I think it's it's something that we all struggle with with like. How much do you, you know, you value like the the brand on the helmet, you know, and mm-hmm. and he that was a struggle. I think it took a lot for a lot of people to like dissociate him from BYU, and I, you know, and the idea of like, you know, he's this little. He kind of looks like this super young, you know, oh, basically yeah. a teenager at BYU, and it's like, can that guy really be like the face of an NFL franchise? And and you know, because so much is just optics and aesthetic mm-hmm. and. Um, and I think the answer really, like just having seen him against the Packers in the preseason, you know, and just, you know, some of the throws he makes, I mean, every single game, if you watch like his highlight reel and it goes from game to game to game, it's almost like there's, there's two to three throws every single time that are like in every single game that are like, Oh my God, how did he do that? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, yeah, that's, he definitely has the Mahomesian player for the dramatic. That's, there's no doubt about that. And he's got a good left side of the offensive line. The rest of it is to be determined. Yeah. But when yeah. you have you have Beckton and Vera Tucker on the left side, that is a good place to start, if nothing else. No doubt, no doubt. Oh man, he didn't even have Vera Tucker this preseason, so right. it should get better. Um, you know, it should get better. So yeah, to me, look, I I am I'm not an expert here. I'm just an opinionated idiot, but. <laughs> If it's me making these uh, making these odds here rather than Bavada, I'm saying that I'm saying Trevor Lawrence is the favorite, followed by Mac Jones, followed by Zach Wilson, probably followed by uh, Najee Harris, who I think they have seventh. Yeah. Okay. So you you put your faith in the fact that like you're expecting 17 games out of those guys, and the others, who knows? Well, how how do you have I just don't understand how you have Trey Lance or Justin Fields, guys who are not starting quarterbacks at this point in their careers, ahead of three guy. Well, one guy who is, and then you have Jones and Lawrence above them. I think it's. I mean, I tend to agree, but I just to play devil's advocate, I think that it's. I have no idea about Fields. This only applies to Lance, but the idea of playing in a good offense where you're likely to put up big numbers mm-hmm. and uh, for a team that's going to be competitive and potentially be in the playoffs. I mean, I don't think either of those apply to Fields, but they both apply to Lance. That's fair, but I think of these five quarterbacks, Lance has the furthest to come to be a high-quality NFL starter. Interesting. Yeah. Just in terms of where they are right now. I think he is the least NFL-ready of the five. I would have said that. I think that, like, all things being equal, yes. But I I also think that because of where he is, I I think that he'll be in a position to sooner than Fields and maybe sooner than Matt Jones also crazy Bavada still has Sam Ellinger at plus 6600 I mean, <laughs> like wh- whose cousin are we doing a favor for here <laughs> yeah I mean, and that's not, the, that's not out for like the first two months of the season. he's out for six weeks this yeah. is not even a like, oh, that he's just an interesting later round guy Ellinger is a guy who people weren't sure if he was going to be drafted and yeah. he is the number six quarterback on this list for, for 
reasons. Ahead, by the way, of Terrace Marshall Jr., who is going to be potentially a starter in the, in the middle uh, in the three receiver sets in Car- in Carolina. Yeah, there there are other guys too. I mean, there there are plenty of you know receivers, running backs. Like Michael Carter is a guy that's going to be playing quite a bit. For mm-hmm. you know, Trey Sermon could be the starting running back in San Francisco. We don't even know yet. Yeah, and you know, there's there's just yeah, that makes little sense to me. Are we okay? I feel like we've talked about this a handful of times. Yeah. Are are we <laughs> concerned about Jamar Chase? He just keeps dropping footballs. I you know I think it's just one of the like he's been off for a year and he's just got to get more reps. I, it sucks that he I think he only had one catch right in all preseason dropped and, like six passes. Yeah, had another drop this week on a on a bubble screen. Yeah. I I just it's it's a yeah. I mean the concern is definitely there. But I also think that he'll figure it out. He's just too good. He's way too he's way too good of a technician. He's got good hands. He's got great speed. He's an awesome athlete. I mean, he checks every box except for arguably the most important one. But he'll I think he'll get there. He'll get there. Meanwhile, Miami has Waddell at plus twenty two hundred. Uh, that's interesting because Miami keeps talking that this guy is going to be a big part of the offense and an instant impact player day one. You could, you know, plus 2,200 at Bavada, you can do worse than a gamble on that. Yeah, no, that's that's true. He's like, especially if they use him in like kind of a Reggie Bush type of role, like mm-hmm. that's, it's possible. I guess the, a bet on him is a bet on, you know, just their offense, really. It's not even a bet on Tua. It's, it's like, yeah, it's a bet on like, I'm feeling, you know, targeting him more than, you know, others. I mean, their their depth chart is, you know, you got Devontae Parker, obviously, and then who else they have? They've got... <laughs> and Devontae Parker. They've got Parker, Preston Williams. Yeah. Well, oh, Will Fuller. That's what I was thinking. Of. Oh, I forgot Will Fuller. Isn't Will Fuller suspended to start the season, though? Uh, probably what? Because he started the suspension last year. Yeah, I'm pretty so. sure he, he's suspended to start the season. Yeah, maybe a game or two. I, I don't think it's like long, but yeah. Kasicki's I mean, a good pass-catching tight end. And they have Hunter yep. Long, too, who I think he got banged up a little bit, but but I've always... Oh, he actually just returned to practice on Thursday, so... There you go. Yeah, and... Man, we got some deep cuts today. I like it. Hunter Long, backup quarterbacks. Well, you know? we're, this, this one's not going to be quite as deep, but speaking of those Dolphins, if you listen to the reports, their owner, Stephen Ross desperately wants Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and allegedly Brian Flores likes him too. Um, Flores Even though out. Flores keeps saying Tua's our starter, what more do I have to say? Why can't it be both? Yeah, it's true. he is your starter. Literally, factually, he's your starter. Doesn't mean it, you know, Watson's not you know, in, the, in their plans at some point. So, I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those, if they're not if Tua's not good week one against the Patriots, they pull the trigger. I'm not sure, but... Um, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of smoke around that whole situation. Um, yeah, and it's just a it's a weird situation too because we don't know what's going to come from any potential suspension. I think there was a rumor out there last week that the Texans were basically ready to like effectively roll Watson out for the season, just call him a healthy scratch for the 2021 season. Yeah. Like this is it's been it's insane. We just there, it's either the, the he's a Texan and he might be out all season as a healthy scratch, 
and playing what's he's been playing safety on the uh, scout team in practice yeah. or, or he gets traded to the dolphins and he's playing in like three weeks well they're right now they're paying him the 10 million too so and i mean there's the idea like could he end up on the commissioner's exempt list mm-hmm. will they end up being you know will the league end up deferring to the courts the courts aren't meeting on him till february i mean it's a mess it is a total mess and the texans have done a weird job of handling this like they've given no straight answers all along in this in my opinion misguided effort to preserve his trade value Mm -hmm. or preserve his value in the face of you know public opinion it's i i really have no idea what's going to happen with this i mean you know we're in a i'm in a fantasy league where he got drafted you know pretty high in a two quarterback type league and Hmm. it was like and when i say pretty high i mean like after all the you know, top 15 or 16 yeah, starters. Yeah. But, you know, it was in a spot where it was like, well, okay, I mean, like, but there's a good chance the guy just literally doesn't play. There's no sign that he is going to play. So it's like, I, I have no, I really, like, you could flip a coin. I have no clue. Is he going to play on the Texans? Is he going to be on the Dolphins? Is he going to be on the Panthers? Is he going to be, you know, is he just going to be sitting? Is the league going to suspend him? There's, there's just been no hints. And the reporting has been so bad too in terms of mm-hmm. like the, no one's giving the reporters anything either so it just feels like totally odd situation right now yeah he's the fantasy equivalent of what josh gordon was for a couple of years you yeah just, you of. just don't yeah. know gordon had that incredible season where it was like 1650 yards receiving and yeah. everybody's like oh this is then he's the superstar he's the best receiver in the nfl and then basically went like four years without playing. It's yeah. uh, bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it is bizarre. I I don't know. It's a, it's. I just how does like Schefter Rappaport not know? Like you have connections in Houston, don't you? I mean, you have connections with every team. Other teams are trying to trade for him. Just does someone not know like what's going to happen with this situation? I well, my guess is that the teams who were interested, you know, cough, cough, Panthers, Dolphins, and a couple others, are probably trying to heavily push conditional picks in in the case that he doesn't play, and you know that could that could be you know that could be a giant difference in in return for the Texans, right? But if you're the Texans, like you don't want to you don't want condition because. If exactly. Of course you don't. If he's right, because like they weren't going to trade him before all this stuff came out. No. Even though he wanted to get traded, and so it's like if we knew he was going to play, we wouldn't trade him. You know, if he was if he was exonerated or whatever the case may be from these, then you know these accusations, then we want him on our team. He's super talented, regardless of who he is. Yeah. And I mean, it's that's a it's. It's a brutal situation. For me, if I'm the Texans, I'm dealing it because I don't have to deal with this stuff. And I'm, I'm even willing to take like one last pick or something. But I also understand their perspective. That being said, I like clarity via the media about a player that's been that isn't, you know, is, you know, embroiled in this tough controversy, controversy. Like, I, I feel like you've got to be clear. You owe it to, you know to your public, to your team, to your organization, the people that are involved in it, to not have to answer these questions that they have not done a good job of being clear at all. No, I mean, I think the last asking price we saw was three ones and two twos. 
That's so. All right. So that means that they're willing to trade him. You know, of course, no, they're they're actively willing to. They're they're. I'm sure they're calling teams. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Regardless of what's being said, I can't imagine that they're not initiating conversations because this is this is a diminishing asset they have. They're sitting on right now. You have no idea what's going to happen to him. Like you, you, you alluded to the commissioner's exempt list. It's impossible to think that they're, he's not going to be put on that list. Exactly. That's my thought. That's like when this guy drafted him in our league, I was like, dude, even if he gets traded, like Goodell is going to suspend him, right? Yeah. Like, that would How be do you not? A bad, a bad look for the league to have him out there in the middle of this all being, you know, in the public forum. Goodell suspended the league's biggest star for underinflating footballs and hiding a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's safe to say what Watson is accused of is worse than that. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. You know, <laughs> I think that uh, the 20, what, 21 women, yeah, it's not one or two people. It's 21. Yeah, and look, not a, there's... There, there is every possibility that not every 21 of them is a legitimate complaint. It's hard for me to imagine that there isn't one or two that is a legitimate complaint and that's all you need. Yeah. I mean, really that's it's, <laughs> that is all you need. If it happens one time, you know, you shouldn't be playing this season. There's that's I, all there is to it. I agree. I mean, guilty until proven innocent in my mind in this scenario, but yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I've always, I've always liked to say that it's unfair to judge a person by the worst thing they've done in their life. But if you take a look at the like top 20 worst things, you have a fairly accurate representation of that person's character. And we're talking about literally 20 complaints against Watson. Yeah, that's, that's, it's not one, it's not two, it's a million. So it's, yeah. I mean, even after one to me, it's like, okay. Like, let's just, let's just hold them out. Like if something happens, fine, we'll deal with the blowback. Yeah. You know? Um, but to me, it's, it's a no brainer at this point. And the fact that he hasn't been already placed, it's really put the Texans in a tough spot too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but at the same time, like the Texans should be capitalizing on this. Cause you're right. Like just saying it out loud, he's going to end up suspended. If it's not now, it's next year. It's not like they're competing this year anyway. No, they're probably just trying to like, maybe there's just not that much out there for him right now you know like maybe it's legitimately like a1 or a1 and a2 as opposed to multiples of both like what's what's your guess at what the the dolphins offer is right now Tua a one and a two man i don't even know if two is part of it yeah oh actually the dolphins i I, the eagles might have the dolphins picked this year yeah waddell so yeah exactly right um that's tough. I mean, two a one and a two is is like to know that you're not Watson's out for probably a year, you know, minimum. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that I'm not sure. I don't know. I I think a year is probably it. Anytime we've seen these kinds of things happen, especially you know we've we've seen things later in the season. It's a year. The Miles Garrett thing comes to mind, but. Yeah. I have a hard time believing this extends into the 2022 season. Uh, no. Unless he's found guilty in court. Yeah, which, I mean, 22 ac- accusations. Yeah, that is, that's hard. And, and 
are the, I mean, obviously you don't know the answer to this, but none of those 22 massage parlors or wherever the hell he was had cameras. Apparently not. Um, but I'm sure I mean, they're, I guess why, that is know, a place you want privacy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they got Robert Kraft walking into one. So I'm thinking <laughs> that's true. Someone's got one of them, but yeah, I mean, it's 22 is bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to I want to talk about Cam Newton a little bit. Is he done? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I mean, he's what is he thirty? Uh, I think he's 30? a little. I think I think he's I think he's older than thirty. But I'll look it up right now. He was just not good last year. That he's thirty two. That shoulder. That shoulder's just not right. Um. Yeah, it's not. It's he's got. Uh, I don't know. He's got some. He definitely, like, last year did not look very good at times, but he also looked very good at, like, the old Cam for a game or two here and there. By all accounts, he's a good dude. Like, mm. he's he does everything right, He's but he is, as we talked about earlier, he is like an alpha, and it's hard to have an alpha be your backup, which is maybe right. what he needs to be right now. Um, I mean, The, maybe the Cowboys just, are rumored as uh, Dak is a backup to, I mean, uh, Cam is a backup to Dak. I, like I don't see if the if the Texans trade Deshaun, that's like the most obvious scenario. Zero risk, potentially super high reward by doing that. You know? Well, I mean, if they trade him for Tua, though, I think you're probably oh, going to let that's him play. Point. Yeah, but he or or say they keep him, which right now looks like the likeliest scenario for the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, just like okay, so you keep Cam, get Cam for two years, and I mean, there's it's almost free to pick him up right now because the Patriots. That, like there's offset language, you know, because I cut him. Yeah. So you'd have to pay him more than what the Pats bid, and even then, you get the different. You only have to pay the difference. So it's like what I don't know. I, but it was essentially free for the Patriots to sign him last year. He was he was a, a super low contract, and I don't, did they get their money? They bring him back this year. They, they did him bring back him. Again this they year. did bring him yeah. back this year. But like, did they get their money's worth last year? He he wasn't very good. He was. He threw 10 interceptions to eight touchdowns in 15 games. He actually had more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. Yeah, he looked, he did not look good. He did not look good. But he had a couple games where it was like, okay. Remember, they signed him like, wasn't it like a week before preseason? I mean, it was really late in the game. And there was no preseason too. And there was no, thank you. Yes, that's right. And, you know, there there are factors, but he's just, he's banged up, man. He's, he is, remember when he was flying through the air and we were like, this just can't be a thing that continues to happen. You know, right. like he's going to be a shell of himself at some point. Well, he is that now. And there's something up with that shoulder. I don't know if like reconstructive surgery is the move or what. I mean, sure he's had plenty of work done on it. I don't know. It's it's a real, I, but I think he lands somewhere eventually. He would be, you know, we're talking about great backups. Like, Mitch, I mean, he would be the best backup in the league by far in my mind. And probably, you know. Based on what? Based on name recognition? No, just like my, all right. So my theory about quarterbacks has always been like, either you get a guy you're developing or you get a guy who can win you a game Mm. and get you from A to B or A to C, I guess, and B, B. And so that's like, he can be that guy a hundred percent in that, like he can run an offense. He can run the ball literally as you just alluded to. And he is like a really good person and presence. But again, like, I don't know. I just don't know if he's got, he's just so, he's larger than life, you know? Like, I don't know that he's a guy that can be a backup from, yeah. like, a, you know, 
like in the way that you can't have Tom Brady if you have backups. Backups can't be distractions. Exactly. And, and you know he's a giant distraction. Not is, by any is. fault of the much like Tebow through no fault of his own, but he's a giant yeah. distraction. No, he is. But he's, you know, unlike Tebow, he can actually play. And so I mean, those... 20, 2018 Cam Newton could. I don't know about 2021 Cam Newton. But I, I think there were games last year where he showed, like, when he was healthy, when he was hit, he'd hit his spot and, you know, he'd, in his drop back, it actually looked normal. But there were just games where you could tell he was favoring his shoulder, like, a ton. Like, all right, here, here's an example. Why, why not, like, Washington? Why not a team, or like with a team with like Ron Rivera, who's got a lot of experience with him, where you've got a 40-year-old quarterback as your starter. I mean, why not? Why not Washington? I mean, I know that they've got a backup they like in Heineke, and they're, you know, maybe another one. But Or or say, I don't know, Minnesota, where they've got like Kellen Mond backing up. Oh, God. Up. Can you imagine the interactions between Kirk Cousins and Cam Newton? Oh, All, both well, both can, of them anti-vax they guys, bond, too. Yeah, they right? can bond over the lack of COVID, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's the other thing about this, you know, like we joked about the Urban Meyer thing earlier, but it, you got to think that like Cam not being vaccinated is a non-zero factor here, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, they say it had nothing to do with it, but they have to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you can, like you said, that coupled with the fact that he just can't be a backup there. It's too distracting. It's got to be, yeah. if you're going to turn, if you're going to go to Mac Jones, your first round pick, you have to go to Mac Jones. That's it. There's no, yeah. if, if he fails, then we're going to go back to Cam. No, it's your team. See, you, this is your season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. And I, I mean, I think Belichick really liked Cam. I mean, there's a reason why they brought him back. And I think that, you know, like at, to your point, I mean, they, he wasn't great last year by any means. He wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But they brought him back for a reason. I think part of the reason was like, okay, this guy knows our stuff. It is just starting to get his feet wet, really, with like our system. Didn't have an offseason last year. Was banged up. You know, there are a lot of excuses you can hide behind with Cam. And he probably flashed. Like, he was probably really good at some practices and probably really bad at others. And, yeah. you know, and so, but ultimately they made that decision because, like, you can't have that guy backing up your, your rookie quarterback and basically disempowering him. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's just kind of like where they're at. It, it's, I don't know. I can't think of a scenario right now in the league where it would make sense except for Houston if Deshaun is, is out for the year. Then you have Tyrod and you ultimately plan on giving the keys to Cam, I think. Yeah, I mean, last year, just the most mixed of mixed bags possible for Newton. You have that week two game against Seattle. The, the, the Patriots lose, but he's 30 of 44. For three ninety seven, a touchdown and a pick, and That's he's a good game. he's yeah a good game. His best game of the season. He all he was also twenty six of forty for three sixty five against Houston. But you have games where he's nine of fifteen for ninety eight yards and three picks against uh, against San Francisco. No, it's San Francisco okay. yeah. there. Yeah. But don't don't be surprised because he was sub. You know, he had 98 yards that game. He had 84 and two picks in another game. He had 69 yards passing in one game, 34 yards passing against Buffalo uh, in week 15. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I mean, though. Like, the fact that that's the same guy, you have to think is some, there has to be a physical reason for that. 100%. So, you know, I mean, it might, it doesn't mean it should be the end of the road for him, but. 
um, you know, it's tough. It's a tough call. Like, I, I'm inclined to believe someone's going to take a chance on him, but for the reasons we said, there's just external factors with a guy like him that make it trickier, for sure. And there's also a mindset. This is we see this in the NBA a lot. It's it's very 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 hard for one-time superstars to accept a different yes. role. At, totally, and especially at that position, and especially again, given him larger than life personality, he's Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's hard. It's it's going to be hard. And then the COVID thing's another factor. There's just I, yeah, I could see him never. I I could see him not landing anywhere this year. I would be surprised. Though. I think he will. I think. We'll talking about in the next all right well as good a teaser as there could be i'm (laughs) i'm thrilled uh for my own mental health that i didn't have to spend the last 25 minutes talking about ben simmons oh Uh, so i'm pleased by i'm pleased by that uh one minute before we get out of here give me your thoughts on the three-team trade that the bulls were engaged in this week i i thought it was great for both those two teams beating the Cavs and the Bulls. I think that they both Portland did really too. Well. Portland, you know, yeah, Larry Nance is a good role player. And that's they're what like they need. They role. need defense. They need defense, and he's going to bring some some juice for sure from a dunking perspective. Um, for the Bulls, they get you know they get rid of Markkanen and they get a first rounder. Granted, it'll be protected, but you know Portland's likely to make the playoffs in the next year or two, and so they'll get that pick, and it'll probably be as high of a you know they'll be like a seven or eight seed. They're never going to break that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a great spot to be. That's as good as you can do for marketing, plus a second from, from uh, I believe, from Detroit via Cleveland. And so, um, and then, you know, Cleveland, I like, I've always said this about marketing. I think that he is an, a, a, an amazing talent, like truly. I think that he's a player, maybe not amazing, but just a very good, he can be a very good player. I think amazing no, talent is accurate. Yeah, and look, he's he's passive, but... I think on the right team in a wide open offense where he's confident, he feels like he can just gun it. And if he stays healthy, like there aren't many hidden talents in this league. And I think marketing is one of them. Like, I really do think that this could be a fantastic buy low for the Cavs. And especially for a team that's not going to sign a lot of free agents, you know, there's just Mm -hmm. not a lot of teams that are going to players that are going to go to Cleveland. It's just, it's a really good fit. And uh, I mean, a really good opportunity and the fact that they're already given him four years is like they expect him to be a part of that. And, you know, I think the deal is great for Cleveland. I, I really do. And at worst, his floor is pretty high, assuming he's healthy. At best, you know, he can be he's, – he's an all-star talent. He really is. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good move for them. I think they, they are the big winners of that deal. I thought Markkinen was an emerging star after that sophomore season in Chicago yeah, where he – 18-7 a game, shot like 36 oh, from three, looked a little bit, you know, he's bigger, shot six point, you know, six and a half threes a game, 36%, shoots 87 from the line. I think he like he had nine rebounds that year as well, which is yeah. a, a career high. And look, Jim Boylan ruined him. But yeah, for sure. But he's still, you know, <laughs> how do you really feel? Uh, only, only so many human beings in the world who were seven feet tall and can can shoot forty percent from three on almost six attempts a game. I'm, I yes, all could not agree with you more. Like if he goes, if he's in this year's draft and he was eighteen or nineteen, he would be a top ten pick again. Like he is oh, for that sure. for sure a really good player, really good shooter, very good athlete. There is no reason, and he just needs to be a little more aggressive and more confident and healthier. And I think that he is 
sky's the limit on marketing. So, I mean, there's just not many opportunities to get a guy like this. And I think that the Cavs are just, a, it's just a really good fit. Yeah. Excellent third big fits with Allen or Mobley. Um, and probably better than Allen and Mobley fit together as a matter of fact. Yes, but, agreed. But uh, yeah. I think they will certainly be the starters. Uh, given the, the the financial commitment, although the financial commitment to marketing is almost as significant as that to Allen, so wow, who knows? Really? Well, it's 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 four sixty seven versus versus uh, what five hundred, so it's oh, seventeen yeah. versus twenty. It's not a substantial difference in the AAV. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, Mobley's obviously the future there. Anyway, yeah. I yeah. liked it for everybody too. Derek Jones is exciting. He'll have some fun dunks for you, and uh, that's really all you can ask for. Yeah. That, that's going to be it for this week's episode of The Underdog. For Anshu Khanna, I'm Chris Horwadell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.